like Salesforce, there are businesses that are doing the right thing. Aloha! No, no. Aloha! Salesforce has transformed the way businesses do business. The reality is nothing is more important to me than the success of our customers. One of the most admired companies in the world. That is why we're here as Trailblazers, because we are here to make the world better. The doors are open here for everybody. We just need to go through them. Hello and welcome to Inside the Ohana. This episode features an interview with Drew Seacrest, the co-founder and CEO of Connect the Dots. As employee number 37 at Salesforce, Drew built his network from the ground up. And today, he loves using his connections to leverage better solutions for those around him. In this episode, he shares why paying it forward is so important for building strong, lasting connections. But before we get into it, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Inside the Ohana is brought to you by Qualified. Qualified is the pipeline generation platform for revenue teams that use Salesforce. Intelligently grow your pipeline by understanding signals of buying intent and having real-time conversations. Learn more over on qualified.com. So please enjoy this interview between Drew Seacrest and your host, Dan Darcy. Welcome to Inside the Ohana. I'm Dan Darcy, Chief Customer Officer at Qualified. And today I'm joined by my friend and longtime colleague, Drew Seacrest. Drew, how are you doing today? Dan, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Longtime listener, first time guest. I'm excited to have you. So I want to dive right into our first segment, Ohana Origins. Origin story begins. This is my origin story. This is an origin story. Drew, how did you discover Salesforce and start your journey? I was working for a small value-added reseller, a VAR, in North Carolina, and uh, which is where I went to college. That company was implementing lo- is mid-market CRM solutions, like Goldmine and SalesLogix, if you remember those, and then business intelligence tools like Seagate Crystal Info, which is now business objects, I believe. There was a Wall Street Journal article around that time about the new ASP industry that was developing. ASP was application service provider. Later, that term turned into what we know today as SaaS or cloud computing. But in the early days, they didn't know what to call it. They called it ASP. And in it, Mark Benioff got a kind of a footnote in this article. It was a front page article in the Wall Street Journal. But if you went back to page A12 or whatever it was, at the bottom, it talked about Mark Benioff leaving Oracle with some funding from Larry Ellison to start this thing called Salesforce.com, and they were going to rewrite CRM software from the ground up for the internet. And uh, like Amazon or Yahoo, I think were the examples in that article, if I recall correctly. And I read that and I was like, huh, this is a really fascinating idea. So I I actually cold emailed Mark. He basically, I said, hey, could we resell Salesforce.com? And he said, no, uh, we're not going to have a reseller network. We're going to have a direct sales team. And I said, well, maybe we should talk about something else then. You know, like you hiring me. And he said, fly out to San Francisco, let's talk. And so I flew out to San Francisco. Mark was there and went into Mark's office. And he said, why are you here? And I kind of told him, you know, all the problems we were having with these mid-market CRM solutions that we were implementing. And I said, I think this is genius. You get rid of all of the complexity of implementing the stuff and you just give everybody a web browser and they go to it and they, they get access to the software they need and you handle it in the background. And And frankly, in some ways, I was like, I could probably pitch this better than you right now because I know all the problems that we're having with this. And he's like, you're hired. And he got up and he opened the door and Nancy Connery was there. I think she was employee number five. She was our head of HR. 
And she said, Nancy, get through what he wants. I was like, and I was like, I don't even, what does that even mean? What do I want? <laughs> so I got, I got hired on the spot and I flew back to North Carolina, packed up my stuff and then drove across country and started with Salesforce. I love that story. I mean, so give me more of the details. Like what was that first job? What was your title, your initial impression? So I was employee number 36. I was hired as one of the account executives. And I think if I added up correctly, I think I was probably like the seventh account executive hired at that point. But a really interesting thing to note about that is we hadn't started selling the product yet. We didn't, you know, we're, I don't think we even had our pricing figured out yet. We were, we just had beta users that we were getting to use the product for free to give us feedback, to figure out what we needed to do to make it really good for them. So yeah, my first role is account executive. My, my initial impressions were, I'm way out of my league here. These people are all pros. A lot of them had come from, you know, top companies in Silicon Valley. I felt incredibly outclassed. And I thought, there's no way I'm going to make it here. They're going to fire me when they figure out that I don't know what I'm doing. So Drew, I, I want you to brag because I mean, there's there's so many stories that you have had success with Salesforce about. And what would you say is your biggest success to date that you're proud of thus far? We created a lot of really successful customers. And it, that always felt good. You know, having a customer that really succeeded and then they get promoted as a result of having bet on us. And then they would also go tell a bunch of other people about us. And then we would turn them into customers too. And that, that virtuous cycle, you know, it's hard to pick out just one of those that I feel the most proud of. But I'll be honest with you. The thing I think I was most proud of is during my tenure there, I, I when I left, I was the only person or the first person at that point who was both the number one individual contributor as an account executive and then later as number one sales manager globally. So yeah, I was proud about that. Now on the opposite side of the spectrum, what would you say is your biggest lesson learned? You know, I was promoted into management really early. During the dot-com bubble, I did really well as an account executive. And then we were growing so fast, we needed managers. And I was thrown into a management role. And I, I did okay as a manager. But the way that I did that job the first time was I did the job for all of my direct reports. I did their job. So I just became like super rep, running around, you know, doing, doing all the, the closing for everybody. And in the end, it didn't scale. And I realized that, you know, in retrospect, these jobs are completely different. You know, like being a really good individual contributor and being a really good sales manager are two very different things. And, and I think you have to you have to be a really good salesperson. You have to know the individual responsibility really well and be able to execute it really well. But if you if you really want to be a great manager of people, then you need to develop a completely different skill set. And that is, you know, developing your people, coaching your people, helping them become amazing. I was too early in my career to really understand that. We were just moving too fast. So I think that was probably my biggest lesson learned. So the next time around, when I became a manager again, years later, because I went back into an individual contributor role for years, I think I did a better job as a result of having learned that lesson kind of the hard way. So I want to ask you about the meaning of Ohana. And I ask this of all my guests because I feel like everyone describes it just a little bit differently. How would you describe the Ohana and what does it mean to you? You know, what I think of is, and this is like very personal for me, because when I got out to San Francisco in 1999, I don't, I don't think I knew anybody out here at all. I'm not sure that I'm, you know, at that point in my life, I'm not sure if I knew anybody west of the Mississippi. I was an East Coast kid. And very quickly, you know, my friends became the the ohana at salesforce and so a bunch of the early employees and 
were, were my, you know, my good early friends. And like to this day, or, you know, if I list my best friends on the planet, I'd say probably half of them are related to Salesforce. And, and I, I actually just flew back into San Francisco. I'm here for a couple of weeks. You know, Dreamforce is next week. And by the way, I live in Miami now, as opposed to I don't live in San Francisco now. When I touch down, I'm like, this feels like home. You know, this feels like home. And it's really because of those friendships that I made over that decade. And then they've persisted in my life since then. And I, I, I love that because look, I'm, you know, obviously Mr. Social guy here in the San Francisco area. And I'll just show up to a random friend's party and there's Drew. And I'm like, Drew, like, I don't know. I didn't realize you were in town, but it doesn't feel like you've ever really moved away. So however you do it, Drew, I just say kudos to you because you are everywhere. So airplanes, (laughs) airplanes make it seem that way. It's magic. Yeah, exactly. Before we get into our next segment, are there any special stories or Ohana moments, you know, that are a little behind the scenes that you would want to share from your time back at Salesforce? Yeah, I mean, there are all kinds of fun ones. You know, one of our early friends, uh, Teen Zuo, got married. He did it in Shanghai. Now the CEO of Zuora. Yeah, just one of them. CEO of He uh, got married in in Shanghai. And, you know, there were a number of us that flew out from, you know, from the Ohana to be part of that. And uh, and it was super fun. And, you know, first time that I had seen China. And it was a result of of that. I was just talking with my mom as I was flying out here. I actually stopped and, and saw my parents. And she brought up that my friends Clarence and Na, she taught them both to swim. And I remember that. And then she thinks that that's actually when they started dating. And now they have, you know, they're married and they've got two kids and you know who they are. And, and well, uh, Clarence and, though, is still an executive vice president at, at Salesforce as well. And Na used to work at Salesforce a very long time ago. Yeah. And, you know, so my mom thinks that she's the matchmaker that made that happen. And, you know, the, the beautiful children are a result of all her hard work. So <laughs> truly, these are like, you know, the, the best friends that I've you know, I've made over the years have like a lot of them have come you know through this Ohana connection. Just in, in essence, Salesforce is really, in a sense, a family to you. I mean, it is really more that Ohana and and the relationships that came along with all of that. Absolutely. Let's get into our next segment, What's Cooking? Hey, buddy, what's cooking? Let's both cook together. Yeah, cooking, 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 cooking now. All right. So, Drew, you're now the co-founder and CEO of Connect the Dots. I I want you to talk about how you got to where you are now and and what that journey has been like. And tell us a little bit about Connect the Dots. Yeah. So I left Salesforce in 2010, primarily because I knew that I, I had a startup in me. I knew I wanted to do something. And specifically, it was a startup called Kuzu, which was ill-fated. But nonetheless, it was a, it was a great startup experience and that I learned a lot. I took some time off to think about what I want to do with the rest of my life. I, I lived in Europe for a while. I lived uh, primarily based out of Barcelona, traveled a bunch, picked up some hobbies, did some, did some deep thinking about what I wanted to do next. Uh, what I decided eventually was I want to go back to uh, to the States and work for another technology company in a chief revenue officer role. I thought that would be a, a good fit for me, taking something that was you know, early stage with a really radical idea and then helping grow that into its market opportunity. I did that with a company called Rocket Trip in New York for a year. Long story short, it was a really interesting idea, a pretty radical idea, Rocket Trip. Basically, it was uh, pay your employees to spend less money when they're traveling. It's a really clever concept, but unfortunately, like uh, the clever, I- it's a clever idea, but it was very hard to make it work really well. We never got to product market fit, which for those of you who are maybe not familiar with that term, that basically means 
never quite had the right product that the market was ready to buy. So I did it for a year and and left. And that was, you know, unfortunately, I had kind of a disappointing outcome with that that company. But there was a good lesson in that as well, which is like, don't fool yourself about product market fit if you're starting a company. When I was thinking about what to do next, I, I looked at a number of things that were happening in the technology market. One is that AI was starting to make sense of previously unstructured data in ways that you know, was pretty becoming pretty amazing. Another thing I noticed was, wow, we've, we've all been piling up lots of email for the last several decades, and we, we don't really do much with it other than we send the emails back and forth, and then we kind of forget that it's there. But we're, we archive those emails, and those emails pile up in our email accounts, and they actually represent a history of all of our relationships with all those people over time. And it's a, it's a completely untapped resource that we could tap into. And so I realized that, you know, with this untapped resource and with AI, we could, we could put those two things together and analyze the, all the email history that anybody has ever had with all the people in their lives. And in doing that, we could, you know, pull out all those people, all those human beings you've communicated with. And then let you see who they are, how well you know them, where they are today, where they're working today, you know, what, what title they've got today, what company they work at. And then further, I had this insight that, you know, we could make a essentially a network of people who all do this and share visibility to their networks with each other. So because I know you, Dan, you know, you can see my network and I, you know, I can see yours if, if you'd like to opt into it. And that's exactly what we built. So we founded this company about three and a half years ago. It's called Connect the Dots. You can find us at ctd.ai. And the concept is exactly that. You connect all of your email accounts to it. We analyze all of the header data in all the emails that you've ever sent or received in your life. And then we present you this beautiful, consolidated view, organized of all the people that you've ever communicated with. And then you can share that visibility with your friends, your coworkers, you know, any of your extended network to figure out who actually knows who. Leverage that for warm introductions into the right people that you want to get to, and also just better understand the people in your life that you've got right now. I mean, that that's really powerful, Drew, just to hear that concept alone, because, you know, just through, you know, the years of working relationships that you've had with a lot of people, I'm sure that is a huge untapped resource that could be a benefit for other folks at your company trying to do things that they're trying to accomplish with their customers or prospects, for example. You know, the, the origin of this idea really goes back to those early days at Salesforce when I realized I don't have any network whatsoever, but I can tap into my colleagues around me who have great networks. And then I can leverage that. I can leverage their networks to get into the right people at the right companies that we want to sell to. And that's that's how we did it. I mean, it was incredibly successful when we did that over and over and over again. The problem was, the first part of figuring out, like, who do we know? That that was the hard part. But once we knew that we knew somebody, then we could leverage that relationship. And it really changed the game for us. And, you know, to your point around not having a network, I mean, you have built your own network from the ground up. And that's something I know you're extremely proud of and are more than happy to tap into when you know that a solution is going to be even better for them. I love to, you know, find the path in somewhere. And I love to help somebody. If I you know, I'm probably like overdo it sometimes when I find out that somebody's trying to solve a problem in their lives. And I'm like, oh, I know the right person for you to talk to. And, you know, maybe I overdo that sometimes, but I'm always thinking, how can I help this person find the right person that's going to help them solve their problem? And I think that there are a lot of us out there on the planet. And and that's a, just a testament to who you are, because, you know, you were 
brought into someone's network and you were lifted up and therefore you want to pay it forward by lifting others up as well. You know, like that came top down at Salesforce. There are a lot of companies out there that don't behave like that. And Mark, you know, absolutely set the tone for all of us. And I've been kind of surprised, like, this is so obvious, like everybody in the company should help everybody in the company. It's just good for all of us. You know, if we can help our team sell better or recruit better, you know, or build better relationships with partners if anybody in the company can help out, do. Mark instilled that in the ethos of the company from the very beginning. But I've been surprised that, you know, when I look around the world over the you know last two decades and, and I see a lot of companies, that they don't behave like that. That's not every company in the world. And that, that culture comes from the top. Mark did just a really amazing job of that. And that permeates all of the Ohana. So, Drew, what challenges are you seeing now at Connect the Dots, and how are you applying what you learn from Salesforce to these challenges? You know, from my very, my personal experience in the very early days of Salesforce, where I was the seventh account executive hired in, and we we weren't selling a product yet. Now, this was 1999. It was kind of there were crazy days, so companies did crazy things like that, like hire a bunch of account executives before you're even selling a product. So these days are a little bit different. But what I learned from that is. You want to get a bunch of users on your product, banging on it night and day, banging on it hard, telling you what they love and what they hate about it and what they need to see different for that to be a really powerful product for them. So, you know, kind of the more, the better, the more input you can get, the better. And we've definitely applied that in our approach to connect it up. So we've got a, a lot of uh, companies that are banging on it right now, and we're hearing all the stuff that they love and all the stuff that they hate about it. And that's helping us make a, a better product faster. So, Drew, what is next for Connect the Dots and how are you shaping the future? We love all of the early adopter users out there that find that to be a really compelling thing for them. They want to leverage their networks better. So I would say come to our website, ctd.ai, and you can click join the waitlist and we'll let you in as soon as we can. Or you can email me directly, drew at ctd.ai, and I can send you a code that will get you uh, past the waitlist. You can skip it and get your account set up immediately. You heard it here first, everyone. Email Drew and you can get into this stealthy program, which is pretty exciting. So, Drew, I want to get into our final segment, the future forecast. So where are we headed? Where the forecast predicts the future. What do you envision as the future of the Salesforce ecosystem? The interesting challenge is going to be how do you grow at this scale? What are the next problems that you can solve? What are the next markets that you can go tackle? My honest answer on this is I bet on Mark, you know, having watched him up close for a decade and then, you know, watched him from a bit more distance for the, you know, the subsequent decade or so. I think he'll figure it out, but I don't know where I don't know where they go and they're so huge now. What advice do you have for any aspiring individuals looking to come into the Salesforce ecosystem or just get to know a little bit more about Salesforce in general? Well, first and foremost, tune into Inside the Ohana. You'll get all the, you know, the good old insider stories. I think another thing that I would say is this is completely self-serving, but hey, I'm on your podcast. Set up a Connect the Dots account and then see who the people are that you can get introductions to at Salesforce in the Salesforce ecosystem and then reach out to them. They're, they tend to be very friendly people 
And if you, you reach out with a legitimate uh, request for insight about how you know you could become involved in the Salesforce ecosystem, I think a lot of people are really willing to spend a little bit of time with you and, and help you. That's so true. I mean, and, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the connector language, right? The, you know, how a connector really wants to bring you in, lift you up and connect other people's. I, I feel like somehow the value of just that connector relationship exists within the, the Trailblazer ecosystem. Before letting you go, let's have fun with a quick lightning round. You ready for this? I'm ready. Cue the lightning. You mean lightning. Lightning. Lightning fast. <laughs> Favorite Salesforce product? Sales Cloud. Of course. I was, yeah, I was yeah. quick. Yeah, it was awesome. Favorite Salesforce character? Well, when I was there, I think Sassy was the only one that existed. So everybody else is new. So I'm I'm a cla- I'm a Salesforce classic guy and I'm a Sassy guy. You're an OG. Love it. Favorite brand of anything besides Salesforce? Oh, great question. I am in love with my earplugs. They're just real simple, basic earplugs. They're Heroes NRR33 earplugs. Don't get the NRR32. They don't work. But the 33s are great. There you go. Secret skill not on the resume. I can say a tongue twister in Serbian that many Serbs can't. Please go for it right now. I want to hear it. Chete chachicha na chunchicho chucheti tiucho. What does that mean? <laughs> uh, well, I can say it. I'm not sure that I know exactly. Okay. That. It means something along the lines of like four blackbirds sitting on a stump chirping. <laughs> Okay, good. For any Serbians out there, please write us in. That'd be great. Yeah, tell me if I did a good job. You just won front row seat tickets to your dream event. Drew, what is it? Oh, man. Well, I'll stick with the Serbian theme since I spend a lot of time over there now. I'll, I'll say the uh, two, a Red Star versus Partizan soccer match. Those, those are the two big soccer teams. That's awesome. Drew, this has been so much fun. It's great to see you. But before I let you go, will you let the listeners know where they can find you? I know you talked about it a little earlier, but anything else you'd like to plug? You can find us. You can find me at drew at ctd.ai. That's my email address. And I love email. So feel free to send me an email if I can be of any help. And our website is obviously ctd.ai. Awesome, Drew. Well, thank you so much again for your time. And I'll see you at Dreamforce. Look forward to seeing you, Dan. Thanks. A lot of fun. Inside the Ohana is brought to you by our friends at Qualified.com, the conversational sales and marketing company that's on a mission to transform the way B2B companies sell. Go to Qualified.com to learn more. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate and review it and tell a friend. Thank you for listening.